Hey, Shipper City. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into the episode, do me a favor and consider tapping that support this podcast link in your favorite podcast player. Every little bit helps us stay on the air and keeps us creating the content that you love. Be sure to follow along on social. We are on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at iShipItPod. You can head over to the website, iShipItPod.com, to sign up for email updates when new episodes are released. And you can send us emails at iShipItPod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to and tell your friends that you ship it. So take a second, do all of that while you enjoy a word from our sponsors. A lot of pop tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. I don't care. I ship it. I ship hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Two episodes in a row. Back on track. Back on a roll. Butter us. That's where we are. Whatever you want to say. We are back with another episode, and we're joined again by another friend. Hello, V. How are you? Hello. I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited about today's topic, so yay. Um, yeah, we were just talking before, and I said this is a... Uh, this is in co- a sharp contrast because the last episode, I just went through my notes, the last episode that we did together was about Hell Cheer. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was, despite being about doomed love, it was so sweet and so happy. And we were just like, yeah. ee, happy little fangirls. <laughs> and um, that's not the case today. <laughs> not as much. <laughs> not as much. Um so yeah, so so a lot's been going on. Um, I do. I don't know if you saw on Tumblr the um, my recent uh, this podcast's recent outing at my place of work. Did you see this? Oh, yes, I did. That was <laughs> hilarious. Well, um, I do need to share it because <laughs> I don't feel like enough people have shared my humiliation. So um, <laughs> I am going to tell this story because it's ridiculous, and I feel like. We're going to be really salty the rest of the episode, so we might as well start off laughing at my expense. Um, (laughs) So I foolishly admitted that I run this beautiful podcast uh, during one of those get-to-know-you things when I first started at my current job, who I'm not naming names of anybody, (laughs) so you don't need to know where I work or who these people are. Um, And I was just like, man, yeah, I, I run a podcast. It's about nerdy stuff, whatever. And nobody asked anything else about it. And so then a couple months later, recently, I was told that they were looking for somebody to do voiceover for their online trainings. And I was like, I didn't say anything. I was volunteering that shit. And my coworker was like, oh, I heard, I I remember you saying you had a podcast. Do you do voiceover work? And I was like, I do. Yeah. And she's like, what's the name of your podcast? So I told her. And I was like, it's on everything. You know, you can just Google it. And then I got this really nice email from a person in my company and they were like, you have such a great voice. This sounds great. I'm really enjoying the content and the style of your podcast. I'm about halfway through episode 47. We'd love it if you would lend us your voice and your talent for our voiceovers. And I was like, that's awfully sweet of them. Granted, they're getting me at a bargain rate because I'm not charging voiceover rate and they could not afford me if they were going to pay me outside, but whatever. 
I was like, yeah, sure. Send me the script, whatever. And then I looked at the email again and I was like, episode 147, episode 147. What, what was episode 147? So I pulled it up and naturally, Shipper City, it is the Kinktober episode <laughs> with Grimy as the guest. Um <clears throat> Where we don't just talk about Kingtober, but we talk about all forms of smutty fan fiction and uh, sex in general and penis metaphors and or euphemisms, <laughs> rather, sorry, flowery, flowery cock language. And the best part, <laughs> the best part is that that is the only episode other than this one <laughs> where I say the word cum dumpster, not once, not twice, but at least three times. Thrice. And <laughs> thrice. <laughs> Three times a lady. All right. Um, and so I have to quit my job now. <laughs> um, because uh, somebody very high up has heard me say that word. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what sold the voiceover maybe. for you. Because there's such strong consonants in cum dumpster. Like, you, you just she said it so crisply. She didn't stumble at all. That word was clear as a bell. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of my time here at this this particular company. And so I, I told this story on Tumblr. In the, in the form of a post. And somebody commented and they were like, I don't know what you expected. Why would you tell them to Google your podcast if you didn't want them to listen to it? And I'm like, first of all, don't you blame the victim on this shit, okay? I am the victim here, okay? Fuck you. I was not asking for this. Um, second, I was like... Well, first of all, I've been, I'm thinking to myself, like, I've been telling people they can look up my podcast for four years now. Very few people have done that. So I guess I figured if they mentioned it at all, which most people do not, that they would have mentioned by name one of the 166 other episodes where <laughs> I don't say the word cum dumpster. <laughs> I mean, I the odds were with you. The, <laughs> the odds, odds were, were in this. my favor. Right? <laughs> the odds were stacked in my favor. Because <sighs> it's not even like they picked the last one or the first one. Right. I would have gotten that. But like right there, 147. Granted, the name <laughs> of the fucking title is Revenge of the Kink. So like it's attractive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, the odds were with me and I was... It's like I a was, reverse Han Solo. <laughs> I was Fortune's bitch is what I was <laughs> this past couple weeks at work. So yeah. That's so that's what's going on with me. Um, so uh, to, my new, to my new co-worker fan, hey, <laughs> if you're listening, glad you're here. Um <laughs> I do like it that that might have been what got me the job. <laughs> I like the way you think me. Oh, God. All right. So I had to share that mortifying ordeal of being known. Um, yeah. Put us all in a little bit of a better mood. Because our topic today is not our sweet and beautiful Hell Cheerios. Although I looked at my notes and I was seriously like, can't we just talk about that again? That's all I want to talk about. That's all I want to do. 
I don't. (laughs) I'm so obsessed. I'm like, that's just, that's all I want to hit canon and share fic ideas about. But no, we're going to have a real topic. And it's rage, guys. (laughs) Salt, salt, salt. We're clocking in. We're on the elevator and we are in these salt mines this week. Um, V, what are we mad about first? (laughs) Oh... There's such a plethora start? to pick from. Um, Do we Kevin want to start Feige with Captain has given us such a oh, gift. Kevin. Yes. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Um, he just won't stop. We need to talk about Kevin, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the episode. Let me write it down. Um, <laughs> uh, I suppose starting at the beginning, Disney's kind of knockoff comic-con d23 was i believe last weekend now at this yeah. point possibly two weekends ago so. yeah and um that is where they announced all the new marvel movie projects for phases five and six yeah um i don't think they really touched on the tv shows at all i don't recall any news about any of the tv stuff I think they did that at that actual Comic-Con. Yeah, I think Um, so. And then the movies were D23. Um, And there was only one, like, fully new announcement, which is what we're talking about today, because everything else was, like, cast or directors being announced for previously announced projects. Yes, yes. Um, So the only actually new, new movie that they talked about was Little Diddy. Just a little guy. Just a little guy. Just a little guy. Yeah. Um, Which, if you don't know Marvel Comics at all, Thunderbolts is kind of the Suicide Squad of the Marvel Universe. It Mm -hmm. is villains reforming themselves and earning... um, I am blanking on the word. Redemption? Uh, Redemption, yes. I was like, these characters don't need this, so why would I need this word? (laughs) brain is like, they don't fucking need it. They don't fucking need it. Um, Earning redemption through doing heroic things when the Avengers or the Young Avengers or the New Avengers or the West Coast Avengers, etc., are off uh, doing other things. And Remember when there was just six of them and they all lived in the tower? Yeah, I know, with Darcy, and it was just like... Darcy baking. Yeah. Just Pop-Tarts and vent crawling. Pop-Tarts and Clint in the vents. God damn, we had it all. We had it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and I'm not salty about how many teams there are. I think if they do the West Coast Avengers and it's like Shang-Chi and Scott or Cassie and Mm -hmm. Katie and, and... possibly eddie brock at this point who knows like and jimmy woo i think that would be so super fun and like light and probably comedic and everybody would have a good time because because it would be not gross and fun but instead it would be not gross (laughs) we say that with a lot of confidence but you know this is true this is so the thunderbolts is a response to the Suicide Squad, I'm assuming. Um, yes. Or it's their version of it. And and before we get into the actual specifics of the Thunderbolts, I also cannot, in my brain, call them the Thunderbolts. I've been calling them the Thundercats <laughs> all week. Um, well, but that's fine. That's fine. 
<laughs> I mean, just as well. We know what you mean if you slip up and say Thundercats. Um, but, uh, but so I just want to remind everybody what happens when Marvel tries to respond to DC. Um, a little thing called Civil War is what happened. And I think the last D23 that I, they, it's always D23, right? It's not like they count up from something. No, it's always D23. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the last D23 that I paid attention to was when the cruelest prank of all time happened and we were told we were getting Serpent Society, which in my mind is the greatest Captain America movie in the multiverse somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that absolutely. is the best Marvel movie. It it even it took Winter Soldier to church. Like it yeah. was just the best thing that ever happened and it was just a two and a half hour road trip with <laughs> team cap looking for bucky and finding him and bringing him home and it was wonderful and tony fucking stark was nowhere to be found yeah but we yeah. were we were Possibly played. there was a forehead touch of love oh it. at least one like one little forehead bonk one or or when they hug you know somebody's large calloused hand was on the back of somebody's neck you know yeah, i mean whatever yeah. i don't know ask multiverse emily she's fucking seen it five thousand times <laughs> it's her favorite goddamn movie but i don't know what happened in it because we were sold down the river of robert downey jr's greed yeah and they told us we were getting serpent society and then they were like just kidding we're gonna fuck up a perfectly good captain america movie and put iron man in it as the opener and closer of the film. Somebody pointed yeah. that out the other day and now I can't stop thinking about it. Nope. The first and last shots of a Captain America movie are of Iron Man. It is It is a. It is an Iron Man. It's Iron Man 3.5 is yeah. what it is. And it's a goddamn crime and a shame. But they had to do it. You know, they had to do it because... Batman versus Superman, which was also a fucking mess, BT yeah. dubs, yeah. Um, was happening and it was making a lot of money because everybody wanted to go and see what how much of a mess it was. And then everybody agreed, hey, wow, that was a fucking mess. Yeah. And Kevin, our bestie, was like, <laughs> yeah, but look at all that money that mess made. I think we should destroy this last Captain America movie and make it an Iron Man movie instead and call it Civil War. So that's what he did. So not learning from that mistake. Also, by the way, (laughs) fucking up the opportunity to actually do the Civil War storyline, which is a beautiful arc in the comics. It's one of the most amazing stories they ever did. Um, Can't can't be done now. Right, right. (laughs) And then also like, hey, you know, you have this really great fan base that loves these movies and loves these characters and loves it when they work together. Wouldn't it be great if we just split it in half and pitted them against each other? Right. Right. Why? Why you got to be like that, Kev? Why? Right. You greedy bitch. Yeah. So not learning from that mistake, only seeing dollar signs, they decided to do Thunderbolt Cats. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a shit show. But let's talk about who's in it and why we're very angry about it. Yes. So, and I think that that's kind of a good way to show 
that they really don't understand why this doesn't work as a response to Suicide Squad because Suicide Mm -hmm. Squad is made up of villain characters who for the most part had not been introduced into the DCEU so they were fresh characters that people just knew were villains Mm -hmm. by the context of the movie and because they look like DC villains with like being a human shark and whatnot (laughs) And, and then and then two characters who had been, I don't even remember now if, if Harley Quinn and Joker had been introduced into the DCEU. I don't think they were. I, I think no. they were fresh for Suicide Squad. They're yeah. just like well-known villain characters. Right, but right. they weren't taking fan favorite characters or characters who had been developed at all in films and, and extending their stories. And the thing about those villains, the sh- you know, the shark and yeah, the Joker yeah. and Harley Quinn and and all of them in Suicide Squad is that they're <laughs> legit bad guys. Right. Like right. gleeful villains. Right. They see the choice to do good and they pivot away from it and blow things yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. And like Harley's a fun villain. Right. And Joker's unhinged as fuck. But like they're like happy to be bad guys. Right. And the only reason, I mean, from the two versions of Suicide Squad that I've seen, one was considerably better than the other. We all know which one. Um, But the, all of the, the kind of vibe is they know they're just chattel, but Mm -hmm. if they do survive this mission, it's not like they all have this overwhelming desire to reform and be good. It's like they're going to get something that they want. Right. Either, you know, time with their family, like visitation rights with their kid, like they're going to or, you know, be released from prison or they're going to go somewhere else. Like they're getting something out of this. It's a deal with the government, right? which is why it's called the Suicide Squad, because the government doesn't give a shit if they survive. Right. Right. And they don't really care if they succeed in their mission. It's just kind of a it's a thrown together mismatch. The people who Marvel has identified for this little venture. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Find me a Joker in this bunch, B. Find me one. My God. Um, Yeah. So so the quote unquote, I'm air quoting, the Mm -hmm. villains that Marvel has identified for their Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. who it's totally fine if they don't survive. <laughs> it won't be a problem for me emotionally or mentally at all. Um, <laughs> are, I think I've been literally devoted years of my life to caring about these characters. Right. Are John Walker, who I literally don't care if he survives or not. That one's fine. John That's Walker. Fine. Okay. AKA US agent, AKA beheady Captain America. Um, <laughs> the killy cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got real killy um, at the end there. Yeah. Um, so John Walker, Taskmaster, AKA Antonia Drakov, Ghost, AKA Ava Starr, mm-hmm. Yelena Belova, hmm. and. Bucky Barnes. Okay. Also, 
Alexei. Oh, yes. And Alexei Shostakov. Shostakov. And they're being led by Valentina? Yes, they're being led by Valentina, a.k.a. Madam fucking Hydra. (laughs) Right. Forgot that's forgot that's her name. (laughs) Why, Why would Bucky... Why okay. are why are <laughs> so so as I once said in a in an intro to this show, oh boy, <laughs> lot to unpack here. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Um, yeah. first of all, just just to put this out there, I do think it's odd that Zemo has not been mentioned at all. Yes, and I think either he will be the actual villain that they are set up to stop. Mm-hmm. Or he will be coming in as like a surprise funzy Nazi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because what's more fun than surprise Nazis? Exactly. Um, as we found out here in America in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Zemo will just come in with his purple mask and his tiki torch and take and- over uh, Charlottesville. <laughs> I was going to say. I was gonna say his pimp coat, but I like him wearing a tiki torch more. It really sets the stage. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Because, oh, God, I hate it here. And I, I, I mean, on the one hand, which the only defense that I have seen anyone have for why these are the quote unquote villains that have been chosen is mm-hmm. it's because Marvel always kills its villains. So you can't yeah. have Killmonger, who would have been a fascinating character to be seeking redemption. Yes, Um, agreed. You know, you can't have crossbones who would Uh absolutely make a deal with the government for something that he wants. Right, Um, for something he wants, for sure. You know, Um, you you can't have Iron Man because he's already dead. (laughs) Oh, she said it! (laughs) She said this quiet part out loud! Because what I was going to say was the other problem is that without Tony Stark, we're running low on villains because he was the prime source of most of the villainy in the MCU, especially phases one through three. Yeah. Just about everybody who they had to fight was evil because of some slight from Tony. Tony, yeah. Um, and they don't yeah. have access to the Spider-Man villains who have the kind of fun aspect of like a king shark where they're, right. you know, got to watch where you fall. Like they just fall into crazy things and turn yeah. into villains. That was yeah. such a great line. That yeah, was you got to watch where you fall. Yeah. <laughs> he was such a sweet guy until he fell into that vat of electric eels. <laughs> What you? What happened to you? Like I fell into a you know power plant Super or whatever. Glider, uh, yeah. I fell, yeah, I fell into a vat of electric eels. Damn, gotta watch where you fall. <laughs> like the Spider-Man villains. If I'm if I was had full range to Marvel villains, and you gave mm-hmm. me Suicide Squad and said create a Suicide Squad, and I wanted to make a comedic jaunt like Suicide Squad. I would pick Spider-Man right. villains. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolts, there is nothing comedic that I can imagine happening besides mm-hmm. possibly with Alexi with yeah. any of these characters. Like, they're not lighthearted, jaunt-type characters. No. No. Yelena is 
not funny in a vacuum. Right. Yelena right. plays really well off of happier, optimistic right. characters like Kate Bishop, who, you know, is still a little starstruck. Right. You know, about being around Avengers or whatever. And she's a little bit more innocent. Like, Elena's humor and what made her so bright and everything was her also her contrast to Natasha. Mm-hmm. But Natasha was the serious one and Yelena was leaning very hard into humor as a coping mechanism. And she was telling some, you know, incredibly dark jokes right. and kind of just making light of their horrific situation that they grew up in. Right. Right. But that's the baseline. Right. Like nobody has ever looked at Bucky and been like, he's the funny sidekick like Robin. Nope. No. Um, nope. Not even. And even Robin has a horrible backstory and isn't <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, nor would they ever call Robin a villain. Um Right. But to get um, into, because some of these characters are much more minor characters. Like, I feel like everybody who listens to your podcast knows who Bucky Barnes is. Like, if you've been on Tumblr for the God, last if you don't years, know who Bucky Barnes yeah. is, friend, please email me. And I yeah. will give you several thousand of these episodes that you can listen to yeah. and learn all about him. Um Because yeah. I've talked about him a lot. But let's talk about, and I've also talked about Elena a lot. Um, yeah. Because I love her. And yes. so do we want to start with Ava? Sure. We can talk about Ava, my beloved. I love Ava so much. Love I love Ava, Ava so much. Um, carte Blanche, I am the one person who thinks that Ant-Man and the Wasp is the best Marvel film besides Winter Soldier. Um, That's okay. No, you're not the is- only one. Okay, good. Because no. everybody, I, they always are like, what's your favorite Marvel movie? And I'm like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And they're like, really? <laughs> like, out of all the options? It's yeah, Ant-Man no. And the Wasp. <laughs> um, Ange, my friend Ange, who's on the show sometimes, she loves it. I know okay. Mia loves it. Um, I love it, too. I loved it, too. Yeah, I thought it okay. was. Well, and, and because things, shit is so dark in the yeah. MCU that when we get a movie like Ant-Man and the Wasp, where it's bright and it's right. funny and there's, like, specific comedic beats that they hit because they hired comedic (laughs) fucking actors to do it like oh yeah that's good that's good stuff and there's actual color grading and like things are visually bright and yeah yeah and it also works as kind of a bottle film like it's not just an advertisement for something else in the mcu Mm -hmm. until the second post credit scene which is when it should be an advertisement for the next thing in the MCU. Right. Yeah. No. And the and I do love as much as I heart NY. And I am a New Yorker and I am an East Coast girl for life. Mm-hmm. It is nice when we get out of that fucking we get out of those five fucking boroughs every once in a while yeah. and remember that there's an entire other world where superhero shit can happen. So going to San Francisco is always very nice when yeah. they do that for Ant-Man. Yeah. Um so, sunnier there. <laughs> well, nice. a little bit. It is San Francisco. It's I mean, it's San Francisco, sunnier. so it's foggy and cloudy. But like, when they shoot it, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's that so part where they Ava, go out to the woods, and it was like beautiful. And there was the woods for five seconds. It was great. 
Um, So Ava, Ava Starr is a, her superpower is that she can phase through matter. And I say she can. Mm -hmm. The fact is she has to, she does phase through matter because as a five-year-old child, she was the sole survivor of a quantum physics accident as as happens sometimes that's why i don't do math yeah shit can go Uh, crazy (laughs) yeah a quantum physics accident that killed her parents um her father Mm -hmm. had been a shield scientist who as far as we know was not affiliated with hydra he was an actual shield scientist yes yeah he was a good guy yeah he was a good guy and he was fired by hank pym um aka the original ant-man Mm-hmm. And desperate to reclaim his good name in the scientific community, he um, was doing his own quantum physics experiments um, down in Argentina with his wife and child, who was Ava. Mm-hmm. I believe in the comics, he actually may have been a, an original Ant-Man villain, um, but it doesn't matter for the MCU. Yes. Um, and Ava... Because when rescue workers showed up, um, they could not touch her because their hands were going through her. Um, oh. Yeah, and it is heartbreaking. Mm. They called in I Shield. Remember that scene. I know she's so little. She's so um, little, and she's so scared. I know, and she's just like amongst the bodies of her parents. Yes. Um, they call in mm. Shield, and she is taken in by Shield. It is important to remember that at this time, it is the mid-90s. S.H.I.E.L.D. is fully Hydra. Soups Hydra. BT dubs. Soups Hydra. Soups Hydra. In the manner of Hydra, she becomes their asset. Literally. Like other characters who are perhaps the asset. And she says she lied for them, she spied for them, she stole for them, she killed for them. And in exchange, they promised to cure her chronic to pain. To fix her. To, to fix because her. it's not just that she can phase through and that she has this condition. She is in excruciating pain all the all time. All the time. And it's killing her. Yes. Um, because, because superhero science, I think every time she kind of reforms... Yes. She's reforming less. Yes. Um, and when the S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA, or HYDRA and S.H.I.E.L.D. reveal happened, she uh, went on the run with one of the other non-HYDRA scientists who had been a partner of Hank Pym, and mm-hmm. he has been trying to prolong her life um, and cure her, and it is not working. And then gosh. the plot of Ant-Man and the Wasp happens. Right. So, gosh, what a bad guy she sounds like. Yeah. What a true villain. A true um, villain who would trust the government <laughs> if they said, we'll give oh, you what you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody with a with a briefcase, I'm sure she's just like, absolutely. You, you seem very fine and upstanding. Yeah. I think I'll trust you. Yeah. Um, so And... And I think it's important in the context of this began, they show her being fitted for her first tax suit when she is five. You know, she's been doing this since she was 
five or six years old, she was a child soldier, a child spy, a child slave. assassin, a child slave for Shieldra. And Jesus tits. It is exactly the same backstory as, you know, she, it would not shock me at all if there were cross training between Red Room people and Ava. Um, mm-hmm. If they brought in the same person to train her, person to train her. Um, <laughs> for example, if there were an indestructible super soldier who were an asset that you could make train little girls to be assassins. My heart can't take it. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so terrible. Um, This is the worst thing. It's so, it's so upsetting. Um, But yes. And suffice to say, also like Ava doesn't legally exist so if it is a suicide squad where the government doesn't care if they survive nobody gently other than other than bill foster nobody is really gonna know that ava was supposed to have been around um because on paper she died in the accident with her parents and she has been living as just this shield weapon for her whole life and we don't know whether she blipped we don't know whether um she was able to get obviously she was not able to get her healing particles for five years um because three out of the four people who knew she existed and could enter the quantum realm to get her healing particles did blip um and scott was in the quantum realm until a rat freed him and he then immediately went to um save the universe rather than be like oh shit i have this canister of healing particles i should drop these off with ava first i mean maybe sure ava's okay maybe we don't know right we don't know but she was not uh she didn't seem to be a priority for anybody in uh endgame so this is this is the issue here is that marvel started to do this thing where they introduced a villain Mm -hmm. and this is they build them up in the first act and they're scary and they can do weird stuff and you don't know what they're about because they have a mask on or they they're you know doing some crazy magic shit and then whoever the hero is finds out that they're not an evil monster blah 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 that they're actually just uh for instance my long lost boyfriend from world war ii who i thought was dead and i've been missing every day of my life um or uh you know um a sweet baby angel who just was in the wrong place at the wrong time and has lived an absolute hell life this whole time and we have the power to fix her and help her and that's all we want to do and so we do it or uh in the case of Antonia, for instance, um, God. a brutalized child who was turned into a robot-like monster, which we can get more into her for uh, in yeah. a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, Yelena is set up to be the villain of one of the villains of 
Hawkeye, even though, of course, we know that right. she's the best and she's not a villain. Right. But, you know, at the heart of her quote unquote villain origin story in Hawkeye is that she was heartbroken over losing her sister. Right. And so they have this thing set up. I mean, even Zemo being right. lost his wife and child, lost his wife and child and just was so desperate to have that have someone to blame for that right. and there you know in his mind there was a clear person to blame for that oh because there was um right his name was Tony the guy Stark. who made the killer robot <laughs> the guy who perhaps. made the killer robot and then lifted his whole city up and blew it up yeah um it's fine um and and you know his villainy was motivated by grief right and you know, Ava's quote unquote villainy was motivated by pain and loss and suffering and the fact that she was a slave and the same right. with Bucky's and the same with Yelena's and, and, and so on and so forth. So they, they build these bad guys up and then they make you feel sympathy for them. They make right. you see that they're not monsters, they're humans and that they can be loved and re- rehabilitated and, and it'll be fine. Right. So why mm-hmm. are we suddenly yeah. changing gears? And it's not just the Thunderbolts. It's Wanda too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, with Wanda, I would say they, it's, it's even more baffling to me because we left WandaVision with her in such a hopeful Mm -hmm. place. Yes. And then immediately there was kind of the heel turn where her only appearance in what if is as a scary evil, the, the only Mm -hmm. actually evil zombie, like the only actually bad zombie, bad zombie. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't need to unleash the rage that I feel. I'll keep that bottled up or it's going to turn into a, you know, cancer later on <laughs> about the fact that the person who wrote Multiverse of Madness was like, oh, I didn't watch WandaVision. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So there's that. But you know who did know what happened in WandaVision? Elizabeth Olsen? Best friend Kat. Uh, no. Oh. Our best friend Kevin. Elizabeth yeah, Olsen true. just has to... Get, do the part they give her. I mean, yeah, she can't true. fight against it. They can say like, mm, guess what? You're not in this movie then or any yeah. others. Yeah. Um, our best friend Kev, he knows what happened right. in WandaVision. And he had to, I assume, give the Sign final off. okay on yeah. that script. He could have been like, hey, bud, this don't make any sense with right. what how we left Wanda right. feeling... And in- one of the most frustrating things, like as a writer person about Mm -hmm. the Wanda heel turn for multiverse of madness is they almost could have pulled it off. They like took a half step forward in Mm -hmm. trying to justify it by saying the dark hold corrupts anyone who uses it. Yes. Lean into that, like make that the story of Wanda. You are not thinking straight Wanda. This isn't you. Strange, right. who knows Wanda, never said to her, Wanda, this isn't you. This is the Darkhold. We right. need to get the Darkhold away from Wanda. Yeah, The Darkhold Wanda doesn't want to stop being. That's right. the 
story. You know, it could have been so easily done um, with a couple lines. This is the thing. Like, I, when I found out they were going to make her the villain, what I was hoping for, and it is the hope that kills you, um, as I'm finding out every day of my miserable life, (laughs) that that it was going to be... Because I thought it would have made sense in the sense of, you know, the dark, the dark hold corrupts you, um, kind of like in Lord of the Rings, the study of the darker side of magic to understand mm-hmm. it leads to corruption and leads to the bad guy doing all the shit he's doing. Um, but with Wanda, what I was hoping was, you know, and they could have done this so easily of of have her be on Strange's side at, at at the beginning saying like yes I'll help you protect her I'll help you protect America and you know and then seeing like a slow seduction yes into the darkness of you know she hears America say one day like oh yeah that's how I know there's only one of me because I don't dream And, you know, Wanda hearing that and realizing that there is, that means that what she's seeing in her dreams is real out there somewhere. And then finding out there's a way for her to get there. Right. You know, and like, they could have been so much sneakier about it. Like they could have been doing stuff together and like Wanda looks down and like her fingers are turning black and she like has to like do like a little glamour to hide it. Yeah. And like, you know, just like all kinds of like really creepy things like that could have just like crept up on the audience, like slowly all at once. You could have felt like you were also being seduced by the darkness. A true horror movie. A true horror movie where by the end she's a monster. Right. And she can't control herself anymore because she's been driven mad by this hope that she can get back to her children. Right. And, you know, but it wouldn't, she wouldn't have, she still wouldn't have been the bad guy. Right. You know, no. she still would have been it was still would have been part of her story of she has this immense amount of grief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately for her, she was able to build a world where for a minute she had everything she wanted. Yeah. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge ask to want to be happy with your family and your husband and your kids like that's not. You know, that's not like she didn't want to rule the world. Like she exactly. just wanted to be a soccer mom. Exactly. You know? The most the most unwanda line in Multiverse of Madness is this is this isn't a tomb, this is a throne. Like yeah. she never wanted that. No. She's like it's it makes no sense that all of a sudden she'd be like the universe is mine and I can control it. This is for me. Yeah. That's, it's, that's not who she was. That wasn't what she wanted. And, and it's, it's really like genuinely upsetting to me that they're setting this stage. They're setting this tone within this phase of the MCU of you went through these horrible traumas. You survived this unspeakable horror that happened to you and it's your fault and you're a bad guy. Right. Whatever you did to survive makes you a bad guy. Makes you a bad guy. And like that is so fucked up to me. It is gross. It's gross. That's not that's not the message you want to send to survivors of anything. And I think it's really telling. Like Bucky Barnes is 
far and away the most popular character in the MCU. And I think not even just within fandom, like transformative fandom people like fanboys Mm -hmm. also love him because he's badass and they see the badass. But I think he touches such a chord within people, anybody who has been left by a best friend, anybody who has been devoted to their best friend, anybody who has ever had anything happen to them that was against their will and out of their control, yeah, out of their control, anybody who has had to survive anything. I mean, you name it, it's happened to Bucky. And I think everybody sees a little bit of Bucky in themselves and themselves in Bucky. And I know the idea and they started doing this with winter soldier of walking back this idea of him being a hero and walking into this idea of he needs redemption from the outside from external redemption for what he did as the winter soldier it's like they Um, looked at the fact that people really liked winter soldier trial fix mm -hmm. and took totally the wrong idea from it it's not that we thought bucky needed to go on trial right it's that we needed people to realize that he was a hero and a victim. Yes. I will say, I know that everybody, people really didn't like his therapist in yeah. uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I am in the minority that I did like her because mm-hmm. I do not feel like, first of all, I do think that Bucky needs to go to therapy oh, so yes. much. So yes. many people need to go to therapy in the MCU, but Bucky is at the top of the fucking list. Yeah. Um, yes, I think Bucky needed to go to therapy, but I also don't, I remember people putting in like, putting out things on Tumblr, especially about like how he needed like a big fluffy therapy dog in his lap and he needed like soft things all around him and like, you know, all this stuff. And all I could think was like, I have been in that shut down place of like, I don't want to fucking do this. I'm, I have to be here because I have to be here like, get this kid shit away from me. I I don't want to talk to you. I like, you know, very shut down going into therapy. And I personally was like, I don't think Bucky would have responded to that. No, he's a soldier Um, from the 1940s. Like he doesn't need a fidget spinner, honey. Like he needs, he needs therapy. He needs talk therapy. Sure. But like your idea of like building him a safe, fluffy space, I don't think would have been effective. Um, but what I, I thought, and, and this is me also massaging canon to make sense. This is not what was presented to us, (laughs) but this was me trying to make it make sense of her having that list of, you know, his, his list of people Mm -hmm. that he felt he needed to make amends with. Um, it, to me, I read it as she saw that he was still feeling guilty and her telling him it's not your fault the way Steve was telling him it's not your yeah. fault it wasn't yeah. your fault it wasn't you and his response i mean what we saw in civil war his response was yeah i know but i still did it right and right. you know what we got to see in wakanda is that you know he was still battling with who he was before and that he was afraid he was going to hurt somebody because he was afraid he was still the winter soldier. So that said to me, he was still feeling like that, that part of him was still there, which meant he was still identifying with the things that he did and blaming himself. So her saying, make a list of the people that you think you owe an apology to. 
and then go apologize. You know, if this is what's going to help, if this is what you think you need to do, then do it, you know, but let's make some rules. You can't hurt anybody while you do it. You have, you know, let's, let's come up with something to say to sever that bond, you know, let's, let's do that. Um, and you know, I think that list helped him get to the next point he needed to get to get to the barbecue basically yeah 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 at the end of you know episode six helped him get to the barbecue with the cake with sam and sarah um but you know i don't think that was her saying he's you know i think you're a bad guy you're right you are to blame you need to to fix this right um but anyway i but i think I mean, I think you're totally right, and that does reframe um, the internal story logic in a way that I'm yes. like, okay, this is more palatable. But the external story logic is the story of Bucky in Falcon and the Winter Soldier is he is a bad guy seeking redemption, and mm-hmm. he needs it. And yeah, that's the problem, and- is Marvel is telling us, he is a bad guy and he needs to be redeemed. And just like Wanda, we're leaving him from the TV shows in a really positive place. Much better than Wanda. Bucky is at a barbecue with cake. With cake. Playing with his with new children. family. With, yeah. with his hot girlfriend and her cute kids. Like playing right. with, you know, like playing with kids, being super accepted by everybody in the Wilson family and their, you know, extended Literally neighborhood family. Literally walking off into the sunset. Just a happy guy with his bestie. Right. And now. Just a happy dude. I don't want to know how they are going to walk him back from that and into a place Uh -uh. where he is once again needing to be redeemed. Like, he Uh -uh. doesn't have the dark hold. Are they, they're going to say, oh, he started doing like hits for hire or something like that's you know that they're going to and what? it's gonna be like Ooh, boy. but he wouldn't he literally wouldn't that's not who he is no the serum amplifies who you are and the only way hydra got him to comply was to convince him he was doing good Ugh. he is a good man and you know they also gave him a huge a young alex a um, huge amount of torture and a young Alexander Pierce slash Robert Redford, who happens to look a shockingly amount like Steve Rogers to tell him what to do and to tell him that he was being a good boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's concerning, here's what's very scary to me. Kevin, I hope you're listening because if you fuck this up, which you will. Yeah. I mean, I believe Mia has threatened to shit on the man's desk several times now. (laughs) I will take her off the chain. She will do it. I've been holding her back. I won't anymore. I won't. I won't save you. I won't save your desk from a thorough shitting. Um, I'm concerned that whatever is going to put him in the Thunderbolts happens in Cap 4. Oh, shit. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, right? Live with me in this horror. Because, first of all... Cap 4 has the worst title in the world and I you need to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um and I'm very concerned from what I have heard uh Spellman who wrote 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier saying something along the lines of like, Sam's really going to earn the shield or show that he deserves it or something along those lines in this movie. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Sam does not need to earn anything. Sam Wilson is Captain fucking America. And that's that on that. Right. Like... He was Captain America the second Steve gave him that shield. He was Captain America the entire time during Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. And he ended the series officially again being Captain America. Right. So he doesn't need to earn shit. It's extremely frustrating that the MCU is kind of, they've decided that they're going to try to straddle the line and satisfy two audiences at the same time. They're going to try to satisfy the audience who will watch every single Marvel thing because we love these characters. Mm -hmm. And so we are considering the TV shows, which they said are canon, to be canon. they did. And part of Mm -hmm. the story. But Mm -hmm. they also want to satisfy the casual moviegoers who are only going to see the stuff in theaters. So they need to keep walking all these characters back to where they saw where they think they left them off in Endgame. Like, we moved Wanda past her grief to a new place. We moved Sam into having been a proven Captain America. We moved Bucky past some of his grief about Steve. Like, we moved him into a full hero role and a Mm -hmm. Sam sidekick role. And, like, he... I... Okay, like, there's, <laughs> I don't even know what to, like, thread to follow in my brain. But the idea that they're saying these things happened in canon, and then they're immediately retconning them more, like, emotionally or, like, consequence-wise, even if they're yeah. not retconning them in terms of, oh, that didn't happen. It, it's yeah, just they're, very They're retconning, yeah, they're retconning their progress. Yes, which yes, it's is, it's almost like a sitcom where like every episode everybody starts back again exactly who they were at the beginning of the previous episode instead yeah. of like to quote Boy yeah. Meets World, how many times do I have to learn this lesson? Right. You know. Right. No, and that's 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 really it. It's it's that they are also then cheapening their own product from a I mean from a fucking business and marketing standpoint. Like, why am I going to waste my time? Why am I going to waste my dollars subscribing to Disney Plus so I can watch these shows, get attached, feel good about what I'm watching, and then for you to spit in my face, Marvel, and tell me that that journey that I went on with those characters didn't matter? Right. Right. Well, why am I going to waste the time then? Why am I going to give you my $23 a month or whatever the fuck it is? Like, I'm not – I don't need that. I mean, I need that money. You don't, Mr. Mouse. Um. And it's also just, if you're saying that this is a grand interconnected saga, you have to treat it like a grand interconnected saga. This is the shit that drives me crazy. This is why, because it's so, it's just corporate greed. So to listen to all, because I I will listen to these directors talk or these writers talk after these movies come out. And they're all, they all have the same, like, story basically to tell of yeah I was really excited to work on a Marvel film you know I thought it was going to be really constricting the way that everything being interconnected was but you know they really make sure that you can just tell the story that you want to tell and they'll figure out how to work it in 
later. And it's like, that's not how it should work. You no, can't. It's, it's you very, can't have it both ways. <laughs> it's very how J.J. Abrams didn't plot out the sequel <sighs> trilogy, which is a trilogy and part of a nine movie saga. Mm-hmm. And he introduced all these characters and set up all these threads and then was like, take them wherever you want. And Ryan Whatever. Johnson was like, I don't want to write the second movie of a trilogy. I want to write my own thing. And then JJ had to come in and back clean up and went back to his versions of the character. And like, how do you not plot out a trilogy? Why, why, why would you introduce threads that you have no intention and, of following through on? And it's just like, you can't say, oh, everything's connected, so you better subscribe to our streaming right. service. You better watch all these movies and watch all these shows so that you know what's going on because otherwise you won't know. And then right. to tell the people creating these stories, and eh, just do whatever you want. People, they'll, it's just, it's just a middle finger to the audience because they're just saying it like, is. oh, people are dumb enough. They'll just watch it no matter what. Who cares? They'll, they'll draw the connections themselves. Right. There's and a they really- hire people who don't, who aren't fans. They hire people who don't know these characters, who don't love these characters, and don't really care. Like, this is the thing. Like, I would love to make a movie. Mm-hmm. I would not love to make, to be handed a Marvel movie, to be told, like, hey, uh, you need to, we're going to let you direct, write and direct the fourth or the third Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, well, I don't really care about the guardians of the galaxy right right. (laughs) you know i i wouldn't want to do that because that's not my heart's not there so why are they hiring these fucking writers and directors who when they have such beloved ip right right absolutely and i think and i almost feel like that's a way that you can tell who's getting actual commitment and priority from within the mcu of like the guardians of the galaxy ironically has had the same director and the same writer for all three of their Mm -hmm. films because they want that consistency and they have somebody who is passionate about it who is going to Mm -hmm. follow through on i set this up in movie one for rocket movie three is going to be all about rocket like it's very Mm -hmm. i don't care about rocket as my dad said that (laughs) raccoon is too curmudgeonly But your dad needs a softer raccoon, does he? He does. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like that raccoon. He's too curmudgeonly. That that's cute. Yeah, oh, um, that's I'm making cute. him watch all of everything Marvel with me, and he has very strong opinions when he remembers who somebody Good. is. Most of the time, he does not. He forgot who Jane was between the end of Thor four and the beginning of the post credit scene. He literally turned to me and said, who is that? And I said, oh my God, it's Natalie Portman. Because <laughs> it's not like, it's not like she dies in the first five minutes of Thor no. 4. She dies. No. Like- she dies at the very end. She's the main character. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do you think it's funny? My best friend, her husband, he cannot remember Darcy Lewis's name. He cannot. She's like, like, she'll say something and she's like, yeah, Darcy. He's like, I don't know who that is. She's like, (laughs) she's in a lot of stuff. Like, she's a consistent character. She has all these things. And then, like, finally, she's like, he only remembers. He's like, oh, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you do look shockingly like Kat Dunnings. <laughs> like he has such a blank spot in his brain. He's like, you know, Natalie Portman sidekick, Emily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, <sighs> her name yeah. is Darcy Lewis because I've now converted her into a, like a huge Darcy fangirl. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. I get so mad on your behalf. <laughs> well, it's a compliment. It's a very nice thing to say. And she's yeah. like, he like refuses to acknowledge all of her like all of her accomplishments. I'm like, she's a doctor. She's a physicist. <laughs> she saved the world like three times. <laughs> Oh yeah, Emily. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's not fair to Darcy, really. It's nice to it's me. But it's really yeah. not, not fair to Darcy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, <sighs> anyway, man, you gave me like that that one fear meme about Captain America Four, <laughs> and I already had. But except for mine, would be so many fucking fears. Bucky is the villain of Captain America Four. Oh, one more fear. yeah one more fear like, one more really big fear like as a jewish person i am terrified of captain america 4 on many it's, levels it's um, such a very tasteless horrible choice that they made to go with that title it's a horrific title choice the implications of what it means that they're introducing the first big screen Jewish hero in a movie with this title is horrifying. They chose. I'm trying to figure out how to say this in a way where I'm not going to get hate. (laughs) I have no issues with the actress or character of the Israeli superhero that they are introducing in Captain America Four. I think that she's going to do a great job, although I kind of wish that they hadn't already used Natalie Portman because I think Natalie Portman would be perfect for every superhero character. Yes. And I think that she would have also done great as this character. Um, but she Who has is this character. So they are introducing she's basically Captain Israel. OK, um, her human name is Ruth Batsaraf and her superhero name is Sabra. Sabra, okay. Which, in Jewish circles online, there has been a lot of discussion because of people coming in, and I'm just going to clarify this on this podcast so that you don't get hate and I don't get hate. The character of Sabra is not named after the massacre of Palestinians at Sabra and Shatila. She was named Sabra before this massacre happened. The massacre was not done by Israelis. That would be a pretty shit choice. It would be a horrible choice. Marvel is not that dumb. They're, I mean, yeah, she, they're not bright, but they're not that. She was named Sabra before this massacre happened. It okay. is just a nickname that means product of Israel. And it also okay. is kind of a pun. It's also the name for cactus fruit. She's spiky on the outside, soft on the inside. That is okay. her personality. That's her character. Okay. Her it's introduction, a very unfortunate. It's a very unfortunate name, and I do feel okay. like I do feel like it's odd that in the forty years that this character has existed, they haven't given her a new name. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's such a minor character in the comics that, like, I don't think it would occur to them that they have to. Right. Okay. And her introduction in the comics is unfortunate i am really hoping 
beyond hope that they don't do her origin story the same way in Captain America 4. Because Mm -hmm. in the comics, her origin is that she kills a Palestinian child and refuses to acknowledge that they were human until the Hulk teaches her that all humans are human. Oh, no. Yes. Which is very American white savory, but also really anti-Semitic, obviously. Oh, Really anti-Arab. It's real bad. Wow. Yeah. That's really really, bad. It's really, really bad. But because of America's military ties with Israel, it is treated, she's never treated as a villainous character, despite this origin story. Okay. Whether people choose to not forgive her for this origin story and see her as a villain anyway, obviously, that makes sense. You yeah. know, she she does learn from what the Hulk teaches her and oh, well, commits herself good. to yeah, and commits herself to like humane heroic acts from then on. Oh, thank God the Hulk um, was there to Yeah. Jesus like and and, if, and the optics of the dumbest American hero needing to teach this Jewish person that humans are mm-hmm. human is like the humans are human. That humans wow. are human. Like is it's a bad I, look, I have a lot of feelings about it. But um so if they repeat that origin story in 2022 in a major 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 motion picture obviously without the hulk being the one to teach her it would be sam being the one to teach her um yeah but still bad hoping it doesn't happen real bad hoping that she just like shows up and is like hi i'm you but israeli and you're in the middle east so let's team up or something but also i hope they're not in the middle east um i need them to not be in the middle east i really I need really, them not to be in the middle east really love it if they were not in the middle east i also really need there not to be a new world order uh, like i cannot explain how much i need there not to be a shadow government that somehow involves an israeli superhero like i uh. Everything about it tastes it is, bad. That is such a disgusting choice that that's what they decided to go with for the, the subtitle. On top of that, even if they weren't introducing right. an Israeli superhero, even if this was a this even if this wasn't a Sam movie, even if this was a Steve Rogers Cats in America, the fact is Steve Rogers was created by Jewish, by Jewish writers, by Jewish people. For Jewish people at a time when they needed a fucking superhero to be on the cover of everybody's comic books, punching fucking Hitler in the fucking face. Right. Right. Captain America is a golem. He exists to protect Jewish people. Like, like the fact that they took that superhero, that, that person that was created this character that was created for this very specific reason at a very specific time in history when Jewish people needed fucking protection, uh, which they still do because hate crimes are, hate crimes are super on the rise. Nobody wants to talk about it. Um, and there's crazy amount of anti-Semitism everywhere. And they're like, Hey, you know what would be great? Let's take this fucking conspiracy theory that has gotten how many millions of people, killed and abused or you know kept right. out of whatever and put it on the title of captain america let's right. do that that's a great idea 
It's sick. It's, it's fucking it's, sick. It's sick and I have just personal very mixed feelings about whether I trust Spellman to handle non-Sam characters with respect because I have issues with how Bucky was treated in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I have issues mm-hmm. with how um, Carly was treated in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, like the Flag Smashers were right. <laughs> and well, the fact is... that they're villains is the, the military interventionalism in the Captain America oeuvre of the movies. Yeah. It makes me nervous. And... And Marvel's not going to do anything official or meaningful in terms of stopping the bullshit that Jewish Marvel fans are going to get, no matter what they do with Sabra. Um, No matter what they do with Ruth Batsarov. No matter, I mean, Marvel fans get shit on for being Jewish already all the time, constantly in the tags. Like, you mentioned that you like Jewish Bucky because he was based on Arnie Roth, who is Captain America's Jewish lifelong best friend. And right. people freak out because they don't want to see Bucky as Jewish because somehow he's lesser if he's Jewish. Like, he's literally a victim of the Nazis in World War Two who had Mengele-like experiments done on him. He's Jewish. Right. Whatever. I, it, no, no. I mean, I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. I'm. Yeah. I'm just shocked and horrified, and that's my coping mechanism. Um. I. Yeah. I mean, this is my shock and horror is a tenth of what these is simply because this is not something that I have to live with because I am not Jewish, and I cannot imagine how angry. Yeah. All of this makes you, and rightly so. I yeah. mean, it's. It's it's such a it's such a shockingly bad choice. It's 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 a choice that's so bad that I, it makes me be like, don't you have standards and practices? Like, don't you have an S and P department? I know Disney does because Alex Hirsch put out that whole ten minute video of stupid S and P notes that he got on Gravity Falls. Like, did no one in marketing and no one in standards and practices and no one in the entire hierarchy of Marvel be like, oh, I think this is a deadly conspiracy theory. Like, maybe we shouldn't call this movie that. Maybe yeah. it shouldn't be about that also, perhaps. Right, Like, perhaps. does nobody Jewish work at Marvel anymore? It's, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really a, a big question because... You know, it's one thing, it was one thing when they were this scrappy little nobody company and they could kind of do whatever they wanted and they were releasing shit like Howard the Duck and nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. And you could say like, oh, well, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're the biggest media corporation in the world. Right. And the fact that there is not a single human being, like nothing exists in a vacuum in a corporation right. that big, you have to get approval for fucking everything. So the right. fact that it went through how many chains, it crossed the desks, the inboxes of how many people, and right. everybody was like, 
Yup, keep going. What is and what is happening? It's being put out by Disney, which is a famously anti-Semitic company run yes. by a famous anti-Semite or founded. I guess he's he's dead, except for his frozen head under the castle. Except for of his frozen head, waiting to be, um, you know, waiting part to of come back race. in the new world order. Um, I know uh, all about it. Yeah, I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> Well, you're already in V. Maybe yeah. I can sneak in with you. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, no. The fact, like, a lot of what I'm seeing, it's very, it's been interesting to see these like divergent paths of commentary about this movie because I see it on like the Jewish internet, and mm-hmm. then I also see it on like the Marvel internet, and the Marvel internet is just like, but what is a Captain America film without Bucky? Bucky's not Steve's sidekick; he's Captain America's sidekick why would he not be in this movie? Like, there's a lot of talk with that. And then occasionally yeah. somebody popping in and being like, maybe this title is tasteless. And then on the Jewish internet, it's like, this title is horrifying. We're going to be fucked. And it's being put out by Disney, who we know isn't going to do anything to make sure that this isn't horrifying because they have always profited on anti-Semitism. Like, right. it's, and it's, like you said, Captain America colon New yeah. World. Like, if it was Iron Man New World Order, it would be different inherently because he never punched Hitler in the face. And right. technically neither did Sam. But Sam yes. represents everything. He he is what Steve is, just slower. You know? That and the thing that, that people have been saying, and this is what actually, like, it clenches my heart clenches when I think about it because in my heart of hearts, I am very, very concerned with how things are unfolding in the United States. Yeah. And how we feel like it feels like we're very much going backwards in a lot of progress and it's scary. Yeah. And the thing that people have always said about Sam being Captain America that always is part of why I love him was if Steve Rogers is a symbol of what America could be and what they were striving towards, then Sam Wilson's Captain America is the symbol for the people that got left behind. Yeah. And you know, that, that Sam Wilson's Captain America is a symbol for America as it is not how it wants to be. Um, And it's, you know, it's scary to me that Sam Wilson's first solo Captain America movie is now going to be Captain America New World Order. Yeah. Like that's that's like when I, when I think about it in that context specifically, I'm like that's extra fucked up. Yeah. Like that's I I love the idea of Sam being you know, the Captain America for the part of the United States that that you know didn't didn't win the war, you know, isn't the good guys kind of thing. Like it's the way it really is, which is kind of not a great place and you can't fix the world until you accept it as it is. And so I love that about Sam's Captain America is that it's, it's an honest look of who we are as a country and who we are as a country is really fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that that's, this is the title they've chosen to slap on this new era of Captain America is really really scary to me right 
And and the title is a big part of why I'm not sure that I trust Spellman because I don't know whether he, you know, is the one who titled it. I'm sure they have a specific S&P department who is who does the final titles on things. Yeah. But to be the writer of the film and be like, I'm okay with this title mm-hmm. and be the one who is writing Ruth Batsaraf in the context yeah. of the film makes me really nervous. And if it were yeah. like Sam, you know, Sam, a Jewish character, a native character, an Asian character, like if it was, mm-hmm. you know, all of these non-white, non-Steve Rogers you know captain mm-hmm. whatever characters all coming together that would yeah. feel different too then i'd be like okay it's an unfortunate title but it's not going to be about one of these people like being snaky and sneaky and a lizard person right and you know yeah. like yeah it, it, and it's just about the world is not steve rogers's world anymore and right. that would feel different but the fact mm-hmm. that the only one that they've introduced is Ruth Batsaraf makes me nervous. It, yeah. And I feel like they almost just introduced that she was going to be in it to be like, we're listening and we know that this title has specific connotations, but don't worry, there's a Jewish character in it. And it's like, no, that doesn't make it better. That no, no, that actually worse. makes it worse. Yeah. So like if they were just being tone deaf and being like, nah, it's just going to be about the flag, sm- flag smashers again. Right. Like, I mean, okay, the thing, yeah, and the thing with the flag smashers is like, no, they were right. They were literally just like, hey, I don't think we should all be homeless. Right, right. They were like, (laughs) Like, we should, like, people should have homes and dignity and medication. Um, They were like, hey, we'd we'd like not to be hundreds of thousands of millions of refugees, if that's cool. Right. Because we we had homes for the last five years. And maybe we could figure out a way to reallocate resources. Right. And they were the bad guys. <laughs> well, and crucially, what made them Captain America villains is that they're against nationalism. Mm-hmm. Which. Which. We should all be okay. against nationalism. Like you should be against nationalism. But Captain <laughs> America does. is such a. The MCU's use of captain america i should say yes is such a militarized military funded endeavor that mm-hmm. it has to be pro-nationalism and and his name is literally captain america you can't be anti-nationalism and pro-captain america which is also a, a an argument that i saw last night when i was reading a horrific com- comment section in um jewish instagram about oh. sabra and oh they were talking about you you if you have a problem with Ruth Batsaraf having been Mossad but you have no issue with Sam Wilson having been US Army your problem is not militarization and nationalism your problem is that she's Jewish and i yes and no i think you can be okay with Jewish people and still be against the current state of israel whatever i'm not getting into that but Mm -hmm. like like captain america as a character can't exist without nationalism and that's why the flag smashers had to be villains and i think that's it doesn't play as well in 2022 as it did in 1940 yeah i mean that's that's 
the that's really the the crux here is that in 1940 a lot more people were loudly proudly okay with being American and I think that if you're really looking at history and you're really looking at the state of everything like and you can't and you're like the people who I I mean I live in the country I live in the middle of nowhere and the people who drive around with their American flags like it's it's been in the last 15-ish years I guess that I've really started to feel uneasy when I see people flying an American flag absolutely as opposed to that was just the norm for how many you know right hundreds of I'm literally hundreds of years I mean that right. was that was just you know yes of course you were proud to be an American because for a second you know, it was the greatest country on earth. Like, right. And, and, you know, um, and that was Steve's America. And that was then Steve's America. Froze. Right. Right. And, and that's really when all the, you know, goodness kind of froze too. It was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and then, you know, I mean, I would love to see a world where Steve Rogers woke up and it was 1982 and he had to deal with Ronald Reagan's America. I was just like, say, I would Reagan. love to see Steve Rogers go up against ronald reagan i would love it so much well in the 80s captain america's run his best friend was jewish and so was his girlfriend and he had a pro-aids arc or pro-gay people arc Mm -hmm. in the 80s during the aids epidemic because his best friend was a gay jewish man oh man so like captain ronnie didn't like that at all yeah captain america's response to Reagan was like, fuck you. Um, Big double middle finger. Yeah. As it should be. As it should this be. Is, this is the thing, is that when Captain America was introduced as a character, I mean, they got effigies fucking yeah. hung in the street outside of their, uh, outside of, of Marvel Comics. Like, right. Kirby, Jack Kirby got death threats. Like, they... right. I mean, both of them. I can't remember the. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't remember the other writer's name. Um, but I mean, death threats. They got. There was editorials written about them in the paper. Right. I mean, like they were afraid. No, they weren't afraid, but like they were told, like, don't come to work or we'll blow the building up. Like they, right. they were going right. to kill you know, because because I hate to break it to anybody who doesn't know this, <laughs> but until but until Pearl Harbor, the United States was neutral with World War II. Right. It's not that we didn't know what Germany was doing. People were okay with what Germany was doing. People were okay with what Germany was doing. There were a lot of U.S. visas that were denied for people. We denied the right to survive a lot of people coming from Europe because they would not allow them through an immigration because enough people raised a pitch to fucking bitch that they didn't want those Jews coming here. Right. You know, as refugees. So until Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and dragged us kicking and screaming into the war, it wasn't a known fact. It wasn't an accepted truth that the Nazis were bad to the United States. Hitler was we were Time's just, person of the year. We, we were just kind of like, yeah, that shit's going on over there, but who cares? We're over here. Everything's fine. We're just like recovering from the depression, whatever. Yeah. And so until Pearl Harbor the Nazis weren't the bad guys. Right. right. And even then the Nazis were the bad guys. Yeah. The Japanese were the bad guys. And just because the way shit worked, 
Right. It was like, oh, right. They're, we're just sending people to the yeah. Western Front, but, or, yeah, I guess we should probably go. I guess, yeah, we went, we sent people to Japan, but there's shit going on in Europe too. So I guess we should send people there. Eh, whatever. Yeah. So we promised England. Yeah, fuck. It's fucking English. Yeah, all right, fine. Here, take a bunch of guys. You can, you guys don't know what you're doing over there. Have some fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a really unattractive history lesson is, is how, how many people were probably very okay with what was happening in Europe. During- I mean, there were polls. People, it's, I think people love to pretend that Americans didn't know about the concentration camps mm-hmm. and we did. And Roosevelt certainly did. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, a farmer in Montana didn't know, but like, Possibly. People, the people who had the ability decisions. to change things certainly yeah. knew. It was in the news. And mm-hmm. people were okay with it. Um, but on a lighter note, one of my you mentioned Jack Kirby, and it made me be like, oh, yeah, I love this story. Um, th- after the first issue of Captain America came out, and they were getting all these threats, and they were, you know, everybody was super mad at them. And members of the German-American Bund came to the Marvel offices and got in the front door and they, you know, took the phone from the the front desk and they were like, hey, you know, whoever wrote Captain America, we're down here and we're going to fuck you up. And blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And Jack Kirby apparently just stood up and rolled up his sleeves and was like, all right, time to take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and went downstairs and they saw him and ran away. And I was like, I love that. Like, they genuinely thought nobody would come down to, like, defend themselves. And they saw him and they were like, oh, I don't actually get punched. Throw some some fucking hands. I love it so much. It's so good. Like, uh, also in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I remember hearing that in Steve's kind of backstory, mm -hmm. even before Pearl Harbor, he was trying to join the military because he wanted to go stop hitler he wanted to go stop hitler like yeah it wasn't that he was trying to prove himself as like you know a tough guy like he saw before we were actually in the war he saw what was going on he was reading the papers he was reading what was happening and he wanted so desperately to go and stop him yeah i mean the the first issue of captain america was 39 we didn't enter the war until 41 41 yeah and so he was very specifically anti-nazi like he was not yeah. pro-American military. He was instead of the military, I will don a uniform for this country and stand up for people. Yes. Like and the fact that the military has co-opted this character is also kind of gross. It's like, super gross. It, like Steve, even in the MCU version, the military did not embrace Steve until it, until he Way went late. into the Barbie beef, yes. Yeah, right. Until he went into the Barbie beefcake machine, but even right. then they didn't want him because he was just right. one guy, right? And until he, as just one guy, went and liberated those three hundred fifty whatever people from Italy and saved to save Bucky. By the way, to those guys Bucky. were like, yeah. he went to save Bucky, and he happened to release a couple hundred other prisoners along the yeah. way. Um, but yeah, so until he did that, they didn't care about him. Because he was right. just one guy. And he he also wasn't on board with what, even when he was there, there's that great scene where he found out that all these men had been captured and he asks 
Phillips, what's the plan? And he said, he said, tell me your plan. He said, well, we have a, he said, you don't have a plan to get them back. He said, yeah, we have a plan. It's called winning the war. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just going to let them stay there until how many years? Like, right. You know, they weren't worth, they weren't worth the risk, the, you know, likely casualties it would have cost to get them all back. Um, which, you know, that, that's the difference between, a military leader and one dude who's desperately in love with his best friend who happens to also (laughs) be over there. Um, You know, you got to make those big calls sometimes, but. Which is also, it just occurred to me right now, the total opposite of what Steve tells Wanda in Civil War, where. (gasps) You're right. Like. Like, Steve's whole thing is, no, you go and you do it, even if you're only going to save one guy. Like, yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. And, God, and just... okay, back to Wanda, too, for a second. The fact that the MCU <laughs> is so, like, Wanda was at fault for Lagos instead of Crossbones being the one who did the bombing. Who being had at fault for fucking... Lagos chemical weapons on his person and detonated that bomb right and right. all she did was like mitigate the casualties right that right. yeah that they blamed her for that is insane it's very it's very insane and it's also insane that like ross would care about casualties in lagos because you know what when did insane? america ever care about casualties in africa oh pfft. Especially because the Avengers are not officially affiliated with the U.S. government. Why would the U.S. government care if the Avengers accidentally killed people in Africa? Yeah. And also, since we're shitting on Civil War, one of my my third favorite thing to shit on in the MCU. um, Since we're shitting on Civil War, I love that they had to carefully make sure that, you know, they obviously knew they obviously knew they were setting up for civil war with age of Ultron, which is gross. Um, but they had to get Hulk. They had to get Bruce off of the planet, uh, because they set him up to be Tony's best friend. And in civil war, Tony is actively sucking the cock of the guy who tried to kill and imprison his best friend for Years. years yeah years of and thundersticks life <laughs> were spent trying to kill bruce banner bruce. right yes um two things with that one of which will bring us back to thunderbolts but first i have no problems with, i know a lot of people have a lot of problems with she hulk i think it's entertaining i am enjoying watching it as long as i don't like think deeply about it it's fun and fine Right, But the idea that they set up that even after the Sokovia Accords, Bruce and Tony were hanging out and chilling in Mexico building for years, a building bar a bar together why and being would Bruce, best friends. Right. Why would Bruce not be like, no, you literally partnered with Ross. I don't trust you. Don't come to my hideout. Like, Right. Don't come to my hideout. Like... Obviously, I get I get why they were, you know, why 
they were cool at the beginning of Infinity War. Yeah. Because Bruce, Bruce didn't, didn't know. know what had happened. And, you know, he didn't know why they, the Avengers, you know, broke up or whatever. Like, right. Um, but as soon as he found that out. Right. Like, that Unless is Ross Tony straight up life. lied. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And if Tony made it entirely, Steve went crazy about Bucky who killed my parents. That's why we broke up, which I could see Tony doing. I could absolutely see Tony doing, um, especially after his beautiful pro Hydra speech um, yeah. that apparently RDJ improved in in Endgame. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Endgame was a perfectly acceptable movie and I have no issues with it whatsoever. Endgame um, is a film that exists. <laughs> it is a movie. Um, is but a movie. the other thing that will bring us back to Thunderbolts is I don't even understand how they're making a Thunderbolts movie with William Hurt dead. He's so dead. Yeah. He's dead. He's because Thunderbolt Ross is that dead. That was his name. Yeah. 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 Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. That was his military it was nickname. His, his team. His code like, name. Yeah. Like in his, the comics, yeah. he's the main Thunderbolt. Right. Which so, I was kind of hoping. I mean, now that, you know, obviously now that William Hart's dead, but when I heard that they were talking about possibly making a Thunderbolts movie, I was like, is he going to suit up? Right, is he going to be right. like the grandpa on the team? <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. And and supposedly maybe Blonsky is going to be returning in Thunderbolts as well as Zemo. I mm-hmm. don't I don't think that Blonsky's going to come back because they're setting him off in such a weird place in She-Hulk. But then again, it's a TV show and those don't matter. Those um, don't matter. So, who knows? Um, um we do need to talk about one more sad bup, sad baby in yes. in Thunderbolts. Um yes. And that is Antonia Dracov. Yes. Who is, I think, the saddest baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By far. Absolutely. Um, for you who do not know that name, right off in Black Widow, the setup villain initially is somebody called the Taskmaster, who is similar to, they kind of set this person up like the Winter Soldier of... Mm-hmm. It's like fighting a mirror. They can anticipate, they can kind of read body language and anticipate whatever move you're going to make before you can do it. Um, Led to some super cool fight scenes. Very. By the way. Really, really cool. Can mimic any fight that they've ever seen. So Taskmaster like uses all of the Avengers moves and all of the Avengers weapons and has like a, a shield like Steve and a bow right. and arrow like Clint and yes. can fight like and Natasha can, obviously. And can kind of like summon these things. Yes. So, you know, when Alexi was fighting the Taskmaster, he had a shield. So the Taskmaster had a shield. Mm-hmm. When it was Natasha, she was doing all of her crazy Black Widow moves and so was the Taskmaster. So yeah. they're – basically impossible to beat because you're fighting yourself and they know what you're going to do before you do. Yeah. Um, which is a cool, it's a cool idea for a villain. It's a really cool idea for a villain. Um, and then it is revealed that the taskmaster is maybe the saddest human being in the entire MCU. Yeah. The taskmaster is the head of the red room. Drake of it is his daughter who Natasha believed she killed in the fire 
when she blew up the hospital that Draco was hiding in when she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. So her defection from the Red Room, she had to prove that she really wanted out. And so she tracked where Dracov was. He was hiding out in this hospital. She followed his little girl there, made sure that he was there, and blew the whole thing up. Yeah. And so she thought Antonia, who was like eight years old at the time, was killed in the fire. Um, Loki she actually taunts her with it in the Avengers. Yes. Yes, yeah. he does. He says, Dracov's daughter... And that hospital fire. And that's clearly her trigger. That's clearly something that she is still carrying around, this guilt that she had to use this little girl to get to the monster who built the Red Room. And for nothing, it turns out. For nothing, out. yeah. Because he didn't die. Um, and but what Red did Room- happen was Antonia did not die, but she was severely injured. She was yes. disfigured. And yes. Drakov saw that as an opportunity to put into play the most extreme form of brainwashing I think that we see in the MCU where she has basically a USB in the back of her neck. Yes. And he programs fights into her. He can basically upload anything into her consciousness to turn her into this perfect killing machine. This is his daughter. Yeah. Um, And she has grown up basically part cyborg i mean she's not she's she's not entirely human anymore she's been rebuilt basically with animatronics and she you know she doesn't have any real semblance of personality or anything zero free will zero free will um so so she has a moment at the end um where Natasha finds her in kind of the rubble of everything that happened. Dracov is super dead and she's, she's just there. And Natasha finds her, she takes her helmet off of her and there's a very humanizing moment. And Natasha says to the other black widows, you need to help her. Yeah. And they all agree that they will because they know she's not the bad guy. She was just, a more extreme version of everything that they just went through. Yeah. Um, so what yeah. is she doing on this team? Yeah. I, she's literally never been a villain. Liter- like, like even when she was the main, like fighting bad guy, I mm-hmm. guess in black widow, yeah. she was never, the one that Natasha was actually trying to stop. She was right. the obstacle that Natasha had to beat to get to Drakov. Yeah. She which was is really the bodyguard. parallel because that's how Antonia was hurt, was she was the obstacle yes. that Natasha needed to beat to get to Drakov. Right. Right. Um, but, like, I'm pretty sure, and this whole idea of, like, doing some good for while well, fighting for the government three out of the six thunderbolts are russian what yes they are are doing fighting for the american government now this isn't 1989 they don't need to defect like what is happening russian nationals who only ever worked for the russian government even when it was shieldra they were still hydra right and 
KGB. I mean, they weren't even Hydra. They were fucking KGB. Yeah, yeah. Yelena, Alexi, was, Alexi um, yeah. KGB. Like, <laughs> yeah, were... yeah. The Red Room was was just straight up Russian government. Like it was. Yeah. There's yeah, and and I think in a very American militarized way that is something that they need to atone for but mm. also like they don't like alexi <laughs> doesn't he was also in prison for 25 years or whatever because right. he went against the communist party like he did yeah. his atoning in he, prison he... <laughs> Right, like, prison's not a waiting room, guys. Like, especially like Russian was, prison is not fun. He, he, was, he was in the fucking gulag for God's sake. Yeah, like, he wasn't in like Camp Cupcake with Martha Stewart, just like walking around with a with an ankle band. Right. Um, yeah. Also, it's weird how many characters David Harbour has played who were in the gulag. It's just unusual it's a weird typecast to be typecast as <laughs> i know when i was watching stranger things season four i'm like oh that's the exact same i know he was he i was like oh this is how he learned his russian accent <laughs> oh but like, god like alexi i i guess you could argue that the government wouldn't would want him to to do this to make up for having been part of a sleeper cell in the 80s i mean the thing is like i could see alexi because he he's just they he's a really great former soldier yeah like he's he's very much the retired guy at the bar who always talks about his glory days in the military yeah i could easily see alexi just signing up for this because he's bored because or to be around Yelena. He wants to be, or I mean that, or just even he just wants to be back in action. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what he talked about the whole time he was in prison. And yeah. and when, you know, he was on mission in Ohio, yeah, he like he talked about how bored he was because he just wanted he just wanted to be fighting again. He just wanted to be a fighter. Right. So I could totally see him just being like, oh. Uh, yeah okay my government's in shambles and i don't think i can go back there anymore you guys need a, you guys need a hand yeah yeah um yeah. you know and the fact that yelena is involved also probably doesn't hurt because he loves his girls i don't care what anybody says he and does he has he them tattooed love, on his back he does have them in roses yeah he gives them each a flower he's a good dad um and yeah he would love to fight with yelena again like as yeah. on her side like he was having fun yeah being in that like family unit of kicking ass and taking names like he was absolutely. the whole time they were in they were breaking down the red room like he was having a great time oh absolutely and okay so my my pet headcanon with alexi mm -hmm. has always been he clearly fought someone that he thought was Captain America. Yes. Who did the KGB have who had an American accent and super serum? No. He clearly fought Bucky in a cap uniform well, as I training. Do you think so? I think it would be how they would I train Alexi he, to fight. I thought maybe he fought... Um, 
Isaiah Bradley? I don't think so, because I... I, I mean, but I guess they would I have mean, given him a shield, would they? they? I don't think so. I think he thought he they they wouldn't have given Isaiah a shield for sure. And Isaiah like, was was only was active before. I guess we don't really know how old Alexi is because the serum like does stuff with your aging. But like, right. I think I think Isaiah would have been free way before Alexi would have been old enough to be fighting. I think okay, he no, was you're trained right, by fighting Bucky. He said, because one of the guys in the prison said, when was this? And he says 82, Alexi said 80. Yeah, it, it was like, he said like, yeah, 82, 85, something like that. Yeah. So it was like mid 80s. Okay, so if Isaiah Bradley wasn't He's under Korean War. Shields control, yeah. And, yeah, he was Korean War. Okay, so then... I think he fought Bucky. I think that's how they trained him. And I think it was to keep Bucky's skills up to see if he could fight another super soldier. I mean, they they show Bucky fighting and training the other super soldiers. Right. I wonder and what that was it was about after Alexi. the 80s. Because we see that in yes, the 90s. In the 90s. I do wonder what they what was up with Alexi that they had to convince him that he was fighting Captain America because he believes it. He, he absolutely. And that's why I don't think he's just lying because he, no, yeah, he asks Natasha, did he ever mention yes, me? That's the thing. If he hadn't done that, I would have just thought he was bullshitting because he right. was in prison because he was just wanted to seem tough with his, with his prison buddies. But he asked Natasha if Steve ever mentioned him and she was like what the fuck are you talking about right. Steve has no idea who you are right um and this is like shocking to him so I'm like who did he, they he had to fight somebody with super like, serum why did you think like why did they have to make him think that he was fighting the real Captain America and then also this breaks my heart because then what did they have to do to Bucky to get that memory out of his head oh god yeah you yeah. know yeah here we are sad yeah. and salty once again yeah um but yeah i mean i'm just like i'm wonder and and three members of the these thunderbolts have the super serum yeah because walker does too and also <sighs> real quick with walker i know he was a great he was a great anti-hero yeah in uh fucking falcon wear soldier um and i don't like him I yeah. like, I think that Wyatt Russell is an amazing actor, especially mm -hmm. as a bad guy. He was just like blew me away in Under the Banner of Heaven. Did you watch that? I have not watched it yet because I'm still not in a place where I'm watching new things. Um, okay. <laughs> but, when you get there though. Yeah, but I know it, it'll oof. be good. It is, it is unsettling and yeah. really great. I've read um, the book, so... Mm -hmm. So I know, know the story of it. Yeah. Um, I just haven't watched. And I love Andrew Garfield. I had the first oh, live journal group so for Andrew good. Garfield. I love Andrew Garfield. <laughs> so good. He's so good in it. Yeah. But so Wyatt Russell plays a great antihero. He plays a great uh, a great guy. Not a great guy, but he's he does a great job in Under the Banner of Heaven. It's weird that he specifically got so much hate when he started playing John Walker. Yeah. I think that's people not understanding fantasy and reality anymore, which is another reason I'm very concerned with the state of everything, but that's beside yeah. the point. Yeah. Um, but John Walker himself is, I think, an interesting 
person because yes, we all want to hate him because he stole Sam's shield and he was a fucking prick. Um, but there's also the fact that I don't think got enough sort of attention is that he is white knuckling some battlefield PTSD. Absolutely. And he is not a solid citizen as far as mental health goes. No. You know, I think that there's a lot of trauma that they only very briefly touched on that he's not. There's a lot of reasons he's not the best choice for Captain America, but the fact that he has so much that he clearly hasn't dealt with. Yeah. And his breakdown when they, they, um, you know, uh, kill Lamar. No, 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 no. Oh, when, uh, when he's in front of Congress. Um, Oh yes. Yeah. When they strip him of his title and then they, uh, discharge him. That's a dishonorable discharge. Dishonorable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he says, all I did was everything you asked me to do and I did it well. Yeah. And I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And I mean, everybody likes to point to the idea with him that because we see him behave in some of the ways that he behaves, he must be the inverse of Steve, where Steve was not a perfect soldier, but a good man. Therefore, Walker must be the perfect soldier and not a good man. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think. Yeah. I think he's he is definitely the perfect soldier. We see that. I agree. I don't think that that a hundred percent means he must be a bad man. Yeah, I mean, I and, don't think that you can be a perfect soldier and a a great man, especially for the United yeah. States. Sorry, yeah. um, but you also can't be like I don't know, like Ted Bundy or like Richard Ramirez or something. Like, like you can't okay. be a bad guy. Like I'm I'm looking at this list that I have in front of me and I am trying to find an unredeemable bad guy or even somebody who wants to be a bad who guy wants to be a bad guy. And the thing about Walker is it would be so easy to say like, well, he's the throwaway who gives a shit, right. but all he wanted to do was be a soldier. And you know? he, like, he wanted to live up to Steve. He wanted he to live up to Steve's legacy. That. Yeah. And he wanted to be, you know, kind of worthy yeah. of the shield and worthy of the responsibility that he was given. And that's why he was so quick to take that serum, which when he wasn't in the right space to take it, because he thought, oh, this is what made Steve good. Right. This and is what earned Steve the respect that he had. Yes. And nobody you know, respects me. Nobody respects me. This is why people respect Bucky. You know, and he says he makes that crack about like things must be so easy for you with all that with serum all that running serum. through your yeah. veins. And and Bucky's like, What in the fuck are you talking about? Clearly like, you don't know my history. Clearly, like <laughs> Clearly you haven't even cracked one single book with my name on it. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking, like, if anybody is even close to legit bad guy status, I guess it would be Walker, but like I think that's even a nuanced conversation. I don't think he's, you know, I mean, I think he's got some shit to work through. I think he was in the worst possible place to give, be given the biggest possible responsibility. Yeah. And he took it because he thought that's what a a good man and a perfect soldier does. 
Right. You know, but like he was, it was, it was, it was weird and unnerving how excited he was to immediately go work for Val. Yes. And, and I almost feel like that's commentary on his strain of PTSD in that it takes responsibility off of him to make his decisions about where he goes and what he does. Yes. He is once again in a chain of command. Right. And I he's think back in uniform, he has a title. Like, and he he's was been like, in a chain of US command agent. since he was 18, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And having like a quote unquote kind of commanding officer again would yeah. be very comforting to him. Right. And I think, I think Val offered him the opportunity to regain his good name. Mm-hmm. And that's really what he wanted at, in that and, moment. And his honor, you know, right. that, that she took every, that they took everything that he'd worked for. Right. You know, I mean, a military career is a career. It's, it is. you know, it's however many years of your life. You can't put a dishonorable discharge after a 20 year, you know, military career on your resume and expect people to be like, oh yeah, thanks for your service. Like, right. you know, sure. Have this job with all this responsibility. Like they did ruin his life. They did. <laughs> Granted, he beheaded somebody on in public with a Captain America shield. Shocking, <laughs> horrifying, not, not saying it was okay. No, but- I mean, I, but even in that moment, like we see it is an exact parallel until the actual beheading moment of Steve defending Bucky in Civil War. The pose yes. even of the raising of the shield over somebody's head and driving uh-huh. it down. He is reacting to, if Tony had killed Bucky the way yes. that he thinks that Nico killed Lamar, he's mm-hmm. being Steve. He's being right. Captain America. I mean, and and... I think part of why like we react to it differently obviously is he's not Steve and Lamar was not Bucky. We don't have those attachments. Um, We don't. And and we also see Steve make that split second choice not to go through with it and to just break the arc reactor. But like, and, and the fact that, you know, Steve had that moment of control and that, and that Steve also had the moment of control and knew what to do to make sure that Tony still stopped. Right. Because I watched a commentary of that fight scene, which as much as it's like awful to watch. Like yeah. It's just like, I'm like, this is the last thing I wanted to happen in this fucking universe. But of, of Steve and Tony fighting, um, the choreographer, the fight choreographer had said in this moment, Steve just wanted Tony to stop. Yeah. Because Tony, Tony just kept coming for Bucky. Tony wanted to in that their their motivations in that scene were Bucky didn't want to hurt anybody. Bucky was right. defending himself. Steve or sorry, Tony wanted to kill Bucky to hurt Steve. Right. And right. that's what like always fucks me up is that Tony it wasn't even about Bucky at that point. He knew he couldn't take Steve. So he wanted to murder Bucky in front of Steve to break Steve's heart. Right. The way that he thought he deserved. And it's not even, that's not even a motivation of, I want to kill Bucky to avenge my parents. Right. That's just it. That's just it. It wasn't even about his parents. No, at it's that just point. straight he up was, Tony being evil. Yeah. And so Steve, so, so Tony was fighting to kill and Steve was fighting to stop. Right. 
Like Steve just wanted him to stop. And so he could have very easily killed Tony to get him to yeah. stop, but he did. He, he smashed the arc reactor instead and, you know, powered down the suit. And, and when, you know, and in that moment in Falcon and Winter Soldier with Walker, there is no alternative. There's no, there's no other side of that. Nico is not the person who killed Lamar. Right. First of all, he's only trying to defend himself and he is zero, even with the serum that he has, he is not a match for John Walker. And so it's, it's not, it's not a tense moment of like, Oh God, I hope, I hope the good guy wins. Right. It's just watching a murder. Right. And like, that's it's, it's, it is, um, I have heard it um, compared to like the curb stomping in American History X, which I have uh-huh. not seen, but I can imagine because it's called the curb it's, stomping in American History X. Like, <laughs> yeah, that the title is, of that scene leans very little to the imagination, and it's exactly as horrible as you think it is. Yeah, yeah like John Walker is out of control, but he's out of control not in the way that like Joker goes out of control. Joker right. goes out of control in like, I don't want to have any control and I don't care about consequences. This is fun for me. Walker mm-hmm. is out of control with grief and trauma and the rage and rage. Like, and thing, yeah, the thing with like the Joker is that he's not angry. No, he's having he's not, fun. He's having fun. Like he doesn't care what happens because he's having fun. Walker is, yeah, he's grieving. He's traumatized. He's and he's full of anger which is what makes him so different from steve right and sam and i think i think in that scene walker is also i think a lot of his rage is towards himself because even with the serum he couldn't protect lamar and so he does the next best thing which is avenge him Mm -hmm. and i think you know in his logic like he's he is being Captain America in that moment. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. knows the story of Steve Rogers avenging and saving his best friend. Yeah. And he couldn't do that, even with the serum. Mm-hmm. And Bucky is alive and standing there watching it. And I think right. that makes it hurt even worse. Ugh. That's such a... Oh. That was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. Like, I, I remember just watching that scene and being like, okay marvel (laughs) like wow and the other side of that is the is the it's not just that it ended with him bringing the shield down yeah it's that it ended with him standing up and picking it back up and looking around like with his chin raised like yeah he wasn't ashamed of what he just did no i mean like i said i think he believed erroneously and because of the like wildness of grief but like Mm -hmm. I think he genuinely thought people would be like applauding him the way that they would applaud for Steve liberating that camp and saving his best friend I mean he was avenging Lamar and and he was not ashamed to have done it and I think he it only sunk in that like maybe he'd done something wrong when people were taking pictures Mm -hmm. you know like and I think yeah, I mean, I just think, like, if you contrast that with, I I think that, you know, when Steve dropped the shield after the fight with 
with Tony, he would have done it anyway. Yeah. If if Tony even even if Tony hadn't been goading him about how he doesn't deserve it because you know I have daddy issues and my daddy loved you more than he loved me. Yeah. Um, and you know I think that that was still when Steve realized like I don't want this anymore. This I right. I almost killed somebody with this. I almost killed somebody I considered my friend right. with this. I don't want it. This isn't this isn't worth it anymore. I think he would have dropped it anyway. Right. And the fact that, you know, Walker picks the shield up covered in blood. And then fights Sam and Bucky over it. And then fights, yeah, fights for it with Sam and Bucky. Until they pull um, his arms out of their sockets and it's so gross. Oh God, I know. Okay, and also I know we need to talk about real quick about Fix, but um also still Anthony Mackie trying to wipe the blood off of that shield and his hands are shaking afterwards. I just, I said it before, I think I've said it on this podcast, but it just really reminded me without there being any dialogue of when the only good moment, I think in agents of shield, because I thought agents of shield was such fucking garbage. Um, (laughs) But when, when shield fell and Colson was trying to find the last holdout with like the last couple people that he could still trust when he was looking for Hill, basically Hill and Fury and everything was falling apart. And somebody was like, just give up. And he was like, no, this has to mean something. This has to mean something. And he was so desperate to have all of this, not just blow up in his face and have it. It has, you know, it has to mean something. This is his whole life. I just got that feeling so much from when they showed Sam's hands shaking when he was trying to wipe all the blood off Yeah, of like, that was like Sam dealing with his grief of Steve. I was just all of the shit that happened with, with everything that happened that just happened with Walker, everything that had just happened since of, you know, Sam gave the shield away because he wanted it to be kept safe because he didn't think he was worthy of to honor Steve. And now, a, a literal innocent kid is dead. Right. Steve's legacy is soaked in blood and tainted forever. Yeah. And for what? Right. Right. And I just thought like, give that man a fucking Oscar. Yeah. 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 Anthony Mackie is so goddamn good. Yeah. He is. Everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. But. I, I just... The only Marvel villain that I can think of who would have really been, like, a good candidate for, like, a Suicide Squad would have been Killmonger. Because I think he would be the only one who would really, like, relish in kind of making a deal of, like, all right, but I get to go free and do whatever I want after... After I fulfill this for you. Like, I served in the military. I did all these things. Uh I did them for your system. Your system fucked me anyway. And now I'm going to save your ass, but you're going to leave me alone. Like, I think think he would have relished in that. But even he, he is one of, not in the same way as these, you know, tortured, tortured people who had no agency were are sympathetic but he's an extremely sympathetic villain too like we right completely understand why he's doing everything he's doing and they show you yeah. know with him and nakia they want the same things it's just he's right. going about it wrong 
Right. Like his motivations are not bad. He's mm. just going about it wrong. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think they made a huge mistake in killing off Killmonger. Yeah. Like I get it was a I mean it was a beautiful scene and it was a yeah. beautiful way that he died, but and it was it was I mean it was a really great fight scene. It was super tense, but yeah. like he was such a good character. They could have done so much with him. Yeah. And I think um, unfortunately yeah. I think if they had the foresight of knowing that Chadwick were dying, I think they mm-hmm. probably would have kept Killmonger and had him redeem himself through being the new Black Panther. Yes. Um, yeah. But I could see that. But unfortunately, Obviously, we, we nobody know. had that knowledge. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think the big difference between DC villains and marvel villains is marvel villains marvel really puts the work in to make all of their villains sympathetic and understandable on some level and dc Mm -hmm. doesn't care about that and that's why the suicide squad can happen because they just like i'm half man half shark and i like causing chaos (laughs) you know (laughs) all right (laughs) that makes sense i would also like to cause chaos if i were half shark um, half, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. You know, um, like I'm half man and half clown, and I like causing chaos. <laughs> like, yeah, I shoot polka dots sure. at people, and or you know, the yeah, the creepy polka dot guy, or the the you know the the rat controller, or yeah. or whatever you know, um, peacemaker. Which yeah. peacemaker was one of the funniest fucking shows. I've heard I that was, it was great. Um, I did not want to watch it. I did not want to like it, and I gotta tell you, if you do nothing else but watch, pull up a YouTube video of their of the opening of the theme song. Okay. It is it. There's like twelve episodes. I always skip the intros after the first time. I had to watch it twelve times. It <laughs> never stopped being hilarious to me. It's a nice. it's a dance number, and oh, okay. it is so. <laughs> Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> no. Um, no, and it's it is done exactly the way that I think that all comedy should be done and this is also what made Peacemaker so great is that everybody played it straight. Yeah. And I hate this is why I hate like the Judd Apatelization of comedy in general is and this is why Suicide Squad was also the new the newest Suicide Squad yeah. was also great in that it was a comedy because everybody played that shit a hundred percent straight. Yeah. And that's what you have to do to make, yeah. I think to make true comedy, everybody who is playing their part has to be playing it. Like it's a fucking dramatic scene. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what I makes agree. it because the situation is what's funny, not the way people are behaving in it. Right. So right. it's, it's perfection. Um, but it's Suicide Squad was a action comedy. Right. I don't see anything funny about any of this. No. No, it's a bunch of child slaves and tortured people it's, being it's, told that they're bad. Like, there's nothing... They better not be going for a comedy tone with it because, A... None of a none of the characters deserves that. They are they all no. deserve complete respect and to be cheesy, they all deserve a soft epilogue. Like they, they have do. suffered enough. <laughs> they 
you know, Steve or Bucky deserves to walk into the sunset with Steve. God damn it. God Um, damn it. We will die on this hill. And if he can't have Steve, then he deserves to be happy and in love with Sarah Wilson in Delacroix, hanging out, being a stepdad. Yeah. Fixing the boat. I I will say I love nothing more than the than the memes. About, with like the ones where like the two guys are on the on the one mountain and they're like taking a selfie with their thumbs up and then there's the, the volcano is exploding in the oh, background yeah and it was like everything else happening in phase four yeah sam and bucky sam fixing bucky. the boat yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like the multiverse and then yes. sam and bucky sam bucky fixing the boat like and i i mean i understand them wanting to reintroduce all these characters who are obviously going to play a role later on in phases five and six like mm-hmm. Ava is coming back in um Marvel Zombie I think I believe all of these characters are coming back in Marvel Zombies um they <sighs> will probably play roles in um Secret Wars and Secret Invasion mm-hmm. or whatever the titles are of whatever Avengers five and six I know is. one of them is Secret Invasion and the other yeah. one is no one of them Something is Secret Wars. Wars and the other one is something no i thought um, it was secret invasion anyway, is it, it matter. secret invasion I, I think is the show with roadie and fury and secret wars oh, i think is the movie yeah, 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 yeah. um okay. for which i also think literally everybody's coming back so there's still a chance for steve and bucky to walk off into the sunset possibly maybe Girl, if steve I comes think... back from the moon <laughs> if steve comes back from the moon <laughs> I believe it. I connected the dots. <laughs> you didn't connect shit. I connected them. I connected them. <laughs> so, yeah, if Steve, co- you know, we never actually got a firm no that he wasn't on the moon. All Sam says was that he didn't fly him up there. Exactly. Because his wings don't work like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, Shipper City V and I earlier this week came up with a theory that because of what we we're not getting into the Ant Man salt because we're already yeah well into two hours worth of this Marvel needed therapy session, but um, we've heard not great things about Quantum Mania, and so we think that old Steve is <laughs> old Steve is a scroll, current Scott is a scroll, and the real Steve and the real Scott are on the moon farming potatoes in their own shit a la Martian. And what they're going to do is plant a potato farm that says, please help us love Scott and Steve. (laughs) And just wait for a satellite to go past and take a photo. One of Tony's satellites that he gave Spider-Man can go past. (laughs) Or wait for the the sword station to make a, you know, make a swoop around. Yeah, Monica uh, will find them. Exactly. Or Darcy. Or Darcy. (laughs) She looks into telescopes, probably. She's she's up there. She's, you know. Um, she, well, I did love that Darcy worked with sword enough, sword and shield enough to know that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. she was like immediately skeptical. She's like, oh, fuck, I have to work with these idiots again. Yeah. So I feel like Darcy is at least somewhat familiar with sword and shield because she knows not to trust them and to think that they're morons. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we did find some fix this week. Um, yes. 
Yeah. So I have two to recommend. Um, written by our lovely guest star, V, oh. uh, A. Myers High. So as we were first introduced to V, she is the queen of the Drabble. So these are both part of her Drabble series. So they're only 100 words exactly. Yes. Um, and these are starring the – she's done a, a – a, not like I want to say like a bunch, but you've done – a, a handful quite a few ava starfix mm-hmm. um and these two one's called nowadays and one's called adult i'll obviously link to them um are ava yelena and bucky and given what we just talked about earlier about the fact that bucky probably trained ava yeah as well as yelena <sighs> makes for some really sad, complicated history yes. between all of them. And um, these are just two tiny little vignettes, tiny little drabbles that touch on that, um, that do a really great job in a short amount of time. So check those out. One is called Thank Nowadays you. and one is called Adult. And then you want to talk about the other one? Yeah. Um, you asked me if I had ever found any Antonia fic because mm-hmm. – um, because I read and write niche characters all the time. And so right. I, I probably would be the person who would have read random yes. niche Antonia fic. And I hadn't, but I went looking and Jesus Christ is most of her tag dark. It is not Ugh. fun. Um, no. But I did find one and I'm, you have the title of it written down, I assume. I'm yeah. forgetting the title of it. It's called, Do You Know What It Is To Be Unmade by Sanctuaria. Right. Okay, Yes. Um, it is written in, a, I would say, an extremely, like, close psychic distance to Antonia's point of view, and it's very disjointed and very unsettling in the way that it tackles what it is to be unmade and, and mm-hmm. have her thought processes constantly being changed and interrupted and reprogrammed by her father overwritten and overwritten and to Mm -hmm. not be able to express any free will um or desires of her own and it was it's not light it's not fluffy but it is very well written it's pretty short mm-hmm. as well. Um, like you can definitely. Yeah, I think read it's it only in. about six hundred words. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's. I was I gonna say I don't even think it crosses a thousand. Yeah, um, and it's for being so short. It's really affecting. I think and really a good encapsulation. If you, you know, didn't walk away from Black Widow with a huge impression of Antonia, I think it mm-hmm. um, will kind of increase your like wonderings and thought processes and stuff about yeah. her and and make her more of a three-dimensional character yeah it's it's um we were talking about it earlier it's i don't want this to sound like it's a bad thing it's actually it's it's really ugly yeah um because what was done to antonia is really ugly yeah and just what happened to her and her whole pro and and even how she's left at the end of the movie it's not it's not a feel good fic, but it is beautifully written and it's yeah. it's very powerful and it accomplishes a lot in a short amount. So that's yeah. called Do You Know What It Is to Be Unmade by Sanctuaria. Yeah. And, and I believe it's part of a series that. of Antonia fics that the author yeah, has, I think so. has written. I have not read the rest of the series. Um, yeah. But so. But yeah, it's very good. Um, 
so yeah so so take a look at those check out some niche character fic uh there's obviously never enough but there's some yeah yeah <laughs> you can definitely get an impression um what's what's nice with with you know lighter explored characters little explored characters is that when people do decide that they're like this is my main bitch some people go hard (laughs) and it's great to like stumble upon me like you get it I didn't even know I needed this deep dive into this character but you get it and I'm glad you do so yeah that's always a fun little thing to find in in the fanfic world yeah for Um, sure yeah, and well, it's always guess... definitely written out of like I just love this character and needed to get this out. It's never yeah. written like for the kudos because you know you're not going to get kudos. It's you about Ava Star. You're not like <laughs> going to get shit. Like, nobody is going to read this. You just had to write it for you, right? Um, yeah, no, that's that's exactly we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. Um. Yeah, so I guess I love that I love that this is one of the longer episodes that we've done because I guess we have a lot to say. We were so angry. Uh, I don't I feel better having talked about all of this, but yeah. I don't feel any better about anything. It's not like we changed anything. We didn't fix no. anything. Um but I feel better having got it off my chest. Do you? Yes, yes. And I feel I feel better like it's out it's out in the room and i yeah. know you know at least some people will be disabused of like notions about captain america 4 or whatever like yeah like some that's i feel are, like maybe something to consider yeah. you know um and also i don't want to hear shit from anybody about giving me hate or be hate i don't want to hear it yeah. um don't fucking at me if you disagree you just don't listen to this podcast for this episode and that's that i'm not arguing actually you know what yeah that's my disclaimer for the episode i'm not <laughs> arguing any of the points that we just made this is how yeah. we feel we've stated them these are not open for discussion or interpretation or certainly not argument yeah so if you send me some shit i'm not other than like fuck yeah i agree with everything you say then i'm gonna be like mm-hmm. um and that's that's gonna be that's gonna be the end of it um so don't expect a debate because you ain't getting one yeah all right but other than that um kevin i hope you know uh what's on the line for you because it's not my desk it's getting shit on I hope this was a so. rousing treadmill listen when he listens to this on the treadmill <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if they had some sort of alert set up? They're like, uh, that girl in New York is podcasting about you again. You should probably listen to this one. He's like, ugh, that idiot. I just am picturing like him setting the pace on the treadmill like by how angry you are. And he's like running flat out like, oh, for two hours. Really, at this she's one. really pissed. <laughs> Booking it. In his fucking palace. With his baseball cap. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope you said it at like eight <laughs> out of nine. All right. Yeah. I usually only go to three on the treadmill. So if you were like eight point five, Kev. Um, <laughs> that's what's gonna keep me recording this podcast that Kevin Feige listens to it. <laughs> I have forty nine subscribers and one of them is Kevin Feige. <laughs> Oh, 
God. All right. Yep. That's that's what's getting me to bed tonight. In the <laughs> meantime, thank you, V, for coming. This was really fun. Thank you for having me, as always. <sighs> all right. Well, we're going to get out of here um, and wish you all a good night. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Above all else, get your shit together.